the podcast where music meets sports. I'm Gannon Hannibal, and you're listening to What's the Score? What's the Score? All right, you are listening to What's the Score? That's the podcast where music and sports collide. We've got a great guest on the show today. I'm your host, Gannon Hannibald, and here with me is Adrian Stresso. Uh, he's a musician, hip-hop artist, all of the above. Adrian, how are you doing? Yes, sir. I'm honored to be on here, bro. I'm, I'm excited to do this. This is great. Uh, I mean, let's let's start with music, cause cause that's why you're here. I know I know you're a musician. I got a chance to meet you last year uh, yes, when sir. you you came down to Phoenix. I interviewed your good friend Justin Stone for Blaze Radio, and uh, I know you, you you're passionate about music. I, I can see it from the way you perform. I got to see you when you performed in Tempe, Arizona, oh, yeah. and tell me where did that passion come from? Man, I. Uh... I'm blessed to be surrounded by a lot of good people, you know. Um, I had, at, at a young age, I was surrounded by a lot of other people who showed me what it looked like to be really serious about music and what it means to chase your dreams and, you know, um, what it really takes to do that, you know what I'm saying? And uh, especially with something like music, it's just a beautiful way of expression. And it's like a, it's a high dopamine activity that uh is is not unhealthy for you and so it's just been like a cool outlet for me all my life ever since i started it absolutely man and i I know music is special because as you said it's a high dopamine thing but you can use Mm -hmm. it for so many different reasons i mean you can use it as a way to to get out pain or you can use it as a way to celebrate success and you can get that real variety uh, I know for me, uh, my introduction to music, I was a huge Linkin Park fan growing up. That, that yeah. was my, my intro. Who were who the artists that inspired you uh, growing up? Um, you know, definitely, uh, I think Eminem is an icon, obviously, for the reason that, um, you know, I'm personally not white. I'm Hispanic, but just the, you know, the whole culture, the area I grew up at, um, I needed somebody like Eminem to show, you know, somebody who looks like him or somewhat like him could still, you know, make music and be in hip hop. Um, so that was my introduction to hip hop. Um, but, you know, after that, you know, like my uh, also like part of the factor was my parents were pretty strict growing up. So I like was forced to listen to a bunch of clean stuff. But, um, you know, as I kind of grew up and listened to more like real like rap music and stuff, I think um, a big influence was Logic, a uh, big influence, uh, Wiz Khalifa, Mac Miller, uh, Drake, uh, like Drake, Drake to me is my favorite artist at the end of the day. Um, but yeah, I got a lot of influences and I like, um, I like stuff from every genre. Yeah, let's dive into that. Cause that's actually a lot of the guys you brought up. I mean, are awesome. Yeah. Lo- Logic's a personal, a personal mm-hmm. favorite for me. I know he, he did a lot to influence my passion for music. Uh, I, I think, I, as I said, Lincoln Park lit the fire for me. But Logic is the one that really introduced me to hip hop. And uh, mm-hmm. and then you said Drake as well. And you can hear that Drake influence in your music for sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm trying to. I'm trying to like. See, I like Drake so much, but um, you know, something that actually hit me recently is like, you know. Well, I think I have a similar skill set to Drake as far as singing and rapping, and I'd like similar tempos to him. Uh, I have to purposely go out of my way to cert- like seek other influences because if not, um, 
you can't you can't copy somebody else's thing and do it better than them you got to be yourself you know and so um that's why i definitely try to diversify my influences but you know at the end of the day if i'm a, if i'm gonna be compared to anybody i'm not mad if it's the greatest rapper alive you know what i'm saying there it is. I mean, that's a uh, that's a debate that a lot of people have. Who is the greatest yeah. rapper alive? You just made your stance. You you put it out yeah. there, Drake. I mean, I mean, Drake's people the are gonna, people are gonna hate me for that because he's pop. You know what I'm saying? But I think he I I like the way it sounds when he raps on stuff like Duppy Freestyle Survival. It's just something about the way it sounds. I'm sure you could tell me, oh, lyrically, the definition of like these lyrics from this other dude. He used this like multi-syllable rhyme scheme. Like I'm sure it's great, but um. I like the way Drake sounds, so that's that's why I put him there. There's a lot of other people who can rap, so hey, I, I it's clipped out. You feel me? Yeah, no, I will not hop on the the Drake hate at all. I won't because I I, I have to respect everything that he does and the way that he's mainstreamed hip hop. I, I mm-hmm. I've talked plenty about Drake on on the last few podcasts uh, here on What's the Score, and and I think. The way that he's able to bring melody and and kind of combine that with just that real rap feel where he's really putting out lyrics yeah. and it's it's raw emotions uh, he's able to mix those things in a way that very few artists can and and i know you, I, I can hear it in your music as i said i can hear that drake influence because you you yeah. get you get melodic at times and mm-hmm. and you said something about diversifying your influences who have you yeah. been listening to lately outside of hip-hop um I actually got on, somebody showed me this fire-ass country song, like, uh, the other day, and so that was great. It's called Hell of a Year by Parker McCollum, um, so I thought that was tight, and I'm, I've never, ever, I've had, like, one country song on my, um, phone before that in my whole life, so that was cool. Uh, I found some other song that I liked. It was like alternative. I really, I'm bad at names, but I've recently started, I purposely six months ago began to use Spotify um, to start building like a listening data. That way they could recommend stuff to me. Cause for a while I went last year, probably a few months without having any music to listen to just off the fact that like growing up, you used to go to the blog that would post a free download or, you know, stuff like that. Now you have to find a way to, you got to find your way to discover it. And so for me, that was going to Spotify and just getting those recommended playlists and all that. Yeah, man. I mean, I totally understand that. I don't know how much trouble I'll get myself in, but I was a YouTube <laughs> to MP3 converter for oh, no. for years, gonna, for years. They're going to come after you. <laughs> I, yeah, they're going to be knocking on my door, I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> But no, as you said, with the, with the way streaming services have grown, it's it's allowed people to expand their their music interests quite a bit, and, yeah. and that's something I've focused on. I know for sure this year, uh, before this year, I felt I always would say my music taste was pretty vanilla. I stuck to the same mm-hmm. few genres and artists, and this year I've really tried to expand to different eras and, and all of that. But looking looking ahead to the future, uh, I I know you put out an EP uh, twenty two that came out back in June. Mm-hmm. Uh, what what was the process like going into making that project? So I dropped my the last project that I really really stand by, and I I stand by twenty two. I'm very proud of it. But um, my last uh, what felt like an, a real official release was my project Be Safe Out There in twenty nineteen, and so after that. I wanted to go straight into making my next album. Um, But during that process, just a lot of things happened in my personal life that kind of prevented me from either making music or having like the 
um, like I, knowing the direction I really wanted to go. So 22 was pretty much during a time where I'm just throwing a bunch of stuff at the wall and seeing what sticks and just getting out what I had to get out. Um, and you know, it's just another, it's another step in the journey of finding my sound at the end of the day. I, I, uh, I made a lot of songs and I one day woke up and was like, Oh, if I put these in order, it's kind of like a project. I know my fans have been waiting a long time. So it just made the most sense at the time, but I'm still, I'm in the process now of like self-actualization and kind of figuring out where I really, and I say this, I probably, I might say this my whole life as far as I'm concerned, you know what I'm saying? But when you know how to sing and you know how to rap and you like a country song and you like trap beats and you like Drake, but you also like um, John Bellion, if you like Logic, you have all these influences. It's like, which direction, what do I want to sound like? You know what I'm saying? And so for me, I'm still kind of navigating through that. And, you know, I look at 22 as, hey, I'm 22 years old. And this is where I was in that stage of trying to find, you know, who I am as a as an artist. I love that. I love that. And as you said, I mean, I mean, you're 22. You're, you're early mm-hmm. on in the music career. There's, you got plenty of future ahead of you. Uh, I, I love that you referred to John Belly and he's one of my all time favorite artists. So yeah. I, I got to respect that reference. Uh, you, you also referred to that, that project you put out in 2019. I know that came out, uh, Be Safe Out There, the album mm-hmm. came out about two or three weeks before I got a chance to meet you here in Phoenix. Uh, I got to ask about the album cover. I know I hyped it up on Twitter. I, yeah. I, lo- I love The Truman Show, one of my favorite movies of all time, and you've got The Truman Show reference on the cover. How did that come together, and why did you choose to reference that movie for this album? Um, so I, I moved out from my parents' house about August of 2018 off of music like um my first time kind of going out to experience the real world is kind of how I look at it as like okay I've lived with my parents all this time now I was 19 years old moving out off of music you know what I'm saying and so it was like kind of the way I look at the parallels with the Truman Show is I was trying to find out like what's really going on in the world you know what i'm saying i had to go experience it for myself i had to be an adult i had to put myself in the shoes of paying bills you know and uh truman in the movie uh for those of y'all who haven't seen the the movie he's basically living in a tv show and thinks it's his real life so they're faking rain pouring on him and they're faking uh you know life events and all this and one day he walks to the very edge of this little dome they've created for him that he didn't know about. And he touches the, what looks like the sky and it's a wall, kind of like how in the Be Safe Out There cover looks. Um, And so all that to say though was, um, that was was basically what it was for me. It's testing out the limits of the real world, seeing what's up for myself, finding my own answers. Um, I actually hadn't seen the movie until the night I went to Canada to shoot the cover with my friend Kevin Hackett and he showed me the movie and told me his idea for the reference and I was like this is amazing you nailed it um so shout out to Kevin Hackett he's a beast and I credit him for a lot of a lot of the art direction you see outside of just musically I love that I mean I love like you said the idea of trying to get out into the real world and really figure stuff out and I think that's what's great about that movie is the the greater metaphor that is the Truman Show. It, it can yeah. apply to it can it can apply to anyone, and it can have I a think, different. Yeah, I think my hair at the time too was going through a phase where it kind of looked like Truman from that movie. So, 
we kind of we kind of took advantage of that. But now now that movie is a classic to me personally, and I'll always have like that little special memory for myself. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's awesome, and and I, and I loved it. I mean, it's a it's a pop culture reference. You're not just a guy who's head first in music. I mean, you're able to yeah. you, you got you got a movie reference in there. And another thing outside of music, which is what this podcast is all about, is we've got to talk a little bit of sports. Yes, and, sir. And the, the reason I brought you on here today is, is because we have something in common that's very special, and that's that we can both say skull, loud, and yes, proud. Diehard Vikings fans. T tell me where your Viking fandom came from. So my dad, his dad's side of the family, uh, I guess, this is all before my time, so it's what I hear, you know what I'm saying? But I hear they were all central in... Uh, Duluth, Minnesota, and so I have a lot of um, either distant family members or like, you know, ancestors, I guess you could say, uh, from Minnesota, and so just growing up, I wasn't into sports, but I was in, I was into like trading cards or whatever, and so I, one day I'm at um, Walgreens, and I see like these football cards, and on the first card is Chris Carter, uh, Vikings legendary wide receiver, and I, my dad has always been a Vikings fan. So I was like, oh, this is cool. Like, um, you know, Chris Carter, whatever. I found a Vikings football card. That's tight. So then that was 2007. That's the year I decided, hey, I'm going to start watching football. And so that year um, with the Vikings first round draft pick, they selected somebody with my same first name, Adrian Peterson. And so the first uh, Vikings game I watched on TV I saw Adrian Peterson score his first touchdown um, against the Falcons and so ever since then I've been a diehard fan you know I've been through the, the ups and downs the good and the bad um, and the ugly yeah the ugly there's definitely some ugly if you're a Vikings yes. fan <laughs> yes, I mean, I like that. I mean, we have a we have a similar story. I mean, my dad's family—they're from North Dakota, which is okay. right there, right there next to Minnesota. And so I've got the I've got it in my heritage on my dad's side as well. And it's funny you brought up trading cards because that's how it was for me too, actually. Wow. I I remember I remember watching Vikings games while my family growing up, but it didn't really sink in until I started collecting those cards. And I remember mm -hmm. I got a a Percy Harvin card. Percy Harvin yeah. was my guy. Yeah. One of my favorite players. He was a beast. He was a beast. It's too bad he couldn't stay healthy because, uh, you know, he was nasty. Well, let, let, let's look ahead to this season because uh, for Vikings fans, this offseason was, I mean, it was bittersweet. You got to, we had to say goodbye to people that have been mm -hmm. with the team for a long time, whether that's Everson Griffin or Xavier Rhodes or Linval Joseph. But we also brought in a lot of exciting new young guys. Yeah. Well, what are your expectations as a Minnesota Vikings fan this year? Um. Wow. So... Honestly, I've learned to tame my expectations as a Vikings fan um, because the fact is, I mean, I'm, I'm still going to tweet every year on Twitter that the Vikings are going to go 16-0 and and win the Super Bowl. That's my thing. Like, I'm always ride for them. But um, from an expectation standpoint, if we're talking, like, I got to put money on it, um, I hope that the Vikings – I think we – should be able to compete for first in the division in the NFC North. I think Packers are your only real competition and they didn't get better in the off season. So I think we deserve to be like in the, in the race. Um, but I don't think this team goes anywhere um, deep in the playoffs until they start becoming aggressive on the offensive line and, you know, selecting the right personnel because otherwise I think it's going to be the same problem as you know, that we've kind of 
uh, seen over the last five, ten years is this never it's never elite enough, I think, to get them where they want to go. That's my opinion as like a rapper who doesn't like coach football or anything. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. I agree. I think you hit it all right on the head there. I agree. They should be 100% in the race with the Packers for the division. Uh, as you said, the offensive line has been a mess for as yeah. as long as I can remember. The the big debate among Vikings fans I, I seem to see on social media is is how sold are you on Kirk Cousins? Um, I I like Kirk as a person, and I think everybody will say that about Kirk Cousins. You can't hate the dude. You know, he seems like a nice guy. I see, I honestly see a lot of parallels with myself in him. Like in the interviews, I'm like, damn, like he just seems like a nice guy. He don't want to make no one mad. Like, you know, he, I, I, I see a lot of personality similarities as like different as he might come off, um, you know, to the media. But so for that, for that aspect, I can empathize with him as a fan. Like I'm happy for him when he proves the doubters wrong on, uh, like against the Saints in the playoffs and all that kind of stuff. But um, if I were the GM, would I want to build a franchise around him? Probably not. And I think it goes down to that same thing we're talking about with the offensive line, which is where, um, yo, we don't, we don't have an elite offensive line. So when somebody on like, you know, is going to get through, you have to be able to do something about that. And I don't know that I've seen Kirk, uh, show me that ability. You know, we're in a league full of Deshaun Watsons, Kyler Murrays, Lamar Jacksons. Um, you know, even Mahomes is really mobile. And so I just think that's the future. And I would like, if the Vikings want to keep Kirk Cousins, I would like to see them have a elite offensive line. If not, I, I would want us to draft somebody. I wanted Jalen Hurts this year, but, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll have to see for another time, I guess. I would have been all about Jalen Hurts, man. I was I was sold on him in the draft for sure. Yeah, but yeah. I also love a lot of the draft picks we got coming in. I, I know the the Vikings crushed this draft, came out with they fif- did. 15 players. I mean, that's like they something did. you never see. I heard it's a record. It I'm is. Sure. Yeah, that's crazy. That's crazy. Um, I'm excited. I'm excited about Jefferson for sure. I think, um, you know, I was playing – I play Madden franchise mode. But so like I'd be editing the players and stuff. So I had, I had a version of Jefferson that was just going off and running over people. But I think, I think my hopes for Jefferson, I think his ceiling, if he's a beast, he could become um, Michael Thomas, hopefully. Like I think he has that potential. So we'll see. Diggs is obviously a huge um, role to fulfill, but I think give him time, he has that type of potential, which is good. You know, I think they've done a good job every year in the draft. Yeah, you, I mean, you mentioned Diggs, and Diggs, it's hard to see him leave this offseason, I know, as a Vikings yeah. fan. But he, he's got a special place in our hearts because of that one moment forever. Always, And always. That's, that's one of those where-were-you-win moments. So I, I got to ask you, where were yeah. you when the Minneapolis miracle went down? Uh, I was on my couch. Um, I'm watching with my dad. And, you know, for those of y'all who don't know too much about the Minneapolis miracle, uh, it's one of the most – it, it's, I think it's, it might be the only playoff game to ever end in the way it did, which was there's like seven seconds left and the Vikings uh, threw a 60 yard touchdown pass or something to end the game in the final seconds. And so um, I, I was sitting there, we're on our own like 20 yard line or something. It's looking like this, like 20 seconds or something. 
they get a offsides and move back five yards. I'm in like, I'm, you know, I'm in the living room with just my dad. Everybody else is gone. So it's just me and my dad. And we're like, dang. So what do you think for next year? You think they're going to keep Teddy? You think they're going to keep Case? And then, um, you know, we look, I'm trying to like let myself down. Cause I'm, people don't know. I'm emotionally invested in this stuff. Like it really, like, if you are a real sports fan, you know, you ride the waves a little too hard sometimes. And so I was like, dang, how can I brace myself for this to hurt as little as possible? Cause this like, it's hurting my chest right now. And so I'm watching the screen and then I just see Diggs and he has the ball and there's nothing in front of him but grass. And I just stood up and like, I, I was in disbelief. Um, he scores Vikings. Uh, they announce Vikings win it or whatever. I hug my dad. It, it was, it was a dope, it was a dope moment. So, you know, shout out Stefan Diggs. I'll never forget. I'll never forget that for sure. As you said, I mean, it's as Vikings fans, I think as, as football fans, sports fans across the board, you're emotionally invested to, to another degree uh, with, with yeah. that, with that yeah. fandom. And as that's why, that's why I'm not a fan of like any, uh, that's why I don't watch NBA or anything else is because I can't put myself through that for another team. You know, I can be a casual, or a casual watcher of NBA or MLB and all that, but I can't find a team that I'm going to love the way I love the Minnesota Vikings. And so that's like my whole, that's why I'm such a fan, you know? Yeah, I totally get that. I mean, I, I've always wanted to get into baseball. Baseball is the one sport where I feel like I don't have a team I can really ride with. And, yeah. and it's hard to get into a sport when you don't have that level of, you know, uh, emotional intensity with, to a exactly. certain team. I it, like it, to go for somebody who I know isn't going to break my heart. So I'm going to just be a casual fan. And oh, the Warriors are good, but like it's a hey, let's go Steph Curry. Oh, uh, Luca is balling out in Dallas. Okay, bet you know what I'm saying. So it's it's cool. It's it's nice to be a casual fan of some stuff, but um, to anybody looking for a team to be a diehard fan of, you know, we always got room for you over here on the Vikings. Absolutely. I, I tried to get Skull to catch on with all my friends last year, and I think uh, a, a, a few of them caught on. I, I would just I, I would just throw Skull into conversation. I, I, whenever anything good happened, <laughs> I made sure I, I name-dropped the, the, the Skull like a little it. bit. I like it. I like it. I mean, as you said, with sports, there's those just completely insane emotional moments, like the Minneapolis Miracle. And it's like mm -hmm. it takes you to a whole nother level uh, of, you know, emotions. You, you just you right. feel that you feel that in your gut. I, I I've bro. And <laughs> I've watched the replay of that more times than I can count. And it's I've also teared up an embarrassingly large amount of times that I watch it. Like it probably maybe 60 percent of the times I watch it, I, it brings a tear to my eye because it's like what? What else can happen where you have like this sinking feeling about everything and it switches completely in 10 seconds? Like that kind of stuff. I was like reading a book about dopamine and all that. And they're saying like the sudden, uh, I don't know, the sudden like turn of events that like has like a, sp a higher spike in dopamine than if it was like gradual or whatever. So like in this, this specific instance, I'm just like, dang, even if the Vikings won a Super Bowl, I don't know that it would feel that good. Like, I really don't. I mean, it might. I probably would. But, like, you feel me? Because it was in such a specific moment and you thought there was no way. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I don't know. We'll, we'll have to see. When, when do you think the Vikings are going to win a Super Bowl? Are we going to be alive to see it? 
I, I think we will be alive to see it. You know, I, I have faith that it will happen in the next five or six years. Wow. I, That's I, bold. I know. That's I know. Bold. I know Zimmer, it is. With the, with the current um, people we have right now in, in office? Well, I'll tell you, you can call me an optimist, but I really like this young core that we're building. I, I like. I can agree with that. I, I like the DBs that the Vikings brought in in the draft this year. That's Cam Dantzler yeah. is like my guy right now. I've been telling yeah. everyone, watch out for Cam Dantzler. He's going to be yeah. a lockdown corner. And, and, I, and I really, I think he's going to be the real deal. And, and beyond that, I mean, we traded for Yannick Ngakwe uh, to I'm play at the end. But and, so what are we going to do when it comes to paying people, though? Because that's where I'm like, all right, I think 2020, we're stacked and we're going to be competitive. But I'm a little fearful about, okay, I thought we were supposed to be contenders in 2020, uh, 2021. Now we got Anthony Harris needing a big contract. Dalvin Cook needing a big contract. Yannick is going to need a big contract. And then, um, you know, it's like, and then Daniil Hunter is probably going to want to get paid more. I think Harrison Smith. So it's a lot of, it's a lot of stuff to think about. And we've had so many elite players that are hard to replace that, um, you know, it felt like now they're kind of going all in on 2020. So I'm interested to see how that pans out. I think it for me the reason I'm optimistic for the future is is everything that I've seen in the past the way this Vikings front office has handled the cap situation and and the yeah. way that they've drafted late in drafts I mean you're pulling guys like Eric Kendricks in the second round Stefan yeah. Diggs in the fifth Adam Thielen undrafted mm -hmm. Anthony Harris undrafted I mean these are all pro level players that they're pulling out of nowhere and so I, I, I trust the front office and the scouting department to, to find the next man up if we have to let someone walk because of, yeah. because of the cap situation. And, and obviously it's hard to say where we'll be in four years, but I'll, I'll say that the, the Vikings front office, given the cards they were dealt this offseason, handled it they flawlessly. Do, yeah. I agree with that. I agree with that. I think um, we are blessed to have a functional – like I was looking up – I don't know what it, I saw some, I don't know. I don't like to do this on podcasts where I'm like specifically being recorded and then I try to recall something and I just can't. But I, I it was like a list of the best uh, well-run franchises or something in the NFL. And the best run franchises aren't always the most winning. Sometimes that correlates, but, um, you know, Vikings are a really stable franchise. They don't have a lot of turnover. There's not, they're usually competitive. Um, they're winning and stuff. So it's like as an organization, I think it's really just a matter of time and, and we gotta we gotta find our our, our chosen one. We need Patrick, our Patrick Mahomes. I think that's like that's what's what needs to happen in my opinion. And th that could happen in the next five or six years. I think we got a lot of stuff um to put around whoever that is, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I, I think uh, I, I look forward to see to seeing whoever ends up becoming the successor to to Kirk Cousins because yeah. if it well, is whoever whoever does win that Super Bowl for the Vikings I'm a I'm a act like they're the best QB all time anyway it doesn't if it's Kirk Cousins I'm fine with that he's the chosen one but uh I gotta see it first you know yeah abs absolutely just to just to bring a full circle here I mean you said you became a Vikings fan early on because they drafted a guy with the same name as you. That's that's Adrian Peterson. Yes, sir. And as a player, he had one of the most just determined mentalities on the field of anybody that we've seen in the last two decades. Mm -hmm. uh, for for you as a musician, how much do you take away from from seeing athletes like that that are able to go out there and just give it their all every time they step on the field? For you, every time you step on the mic. 
Yeah, I think there's actually a huge correlation between what I do and what athletes do and not in the way that, um, you know, athletically, obviously, it's a whole different conversation. But I look at rapping as a skill that, hey, you can come out the womb and you might not have the coolest voice, right? You know, you might not have the biggest muscles coming out the womb, but you can figure out how to lift weights. You can figure out how to put together some rhymes. And the more you do it, the more you work at it, the better you're going to get. And so part of my whole thing with music is I like to make stuff that I would want to hear if I was going to battle, playing on a football field or, you know, knocking someone over. Because I do remember those days and what it was like. And, you know, I used to listen to Ace Hood. Um, he had like hustle hard. That was like my anthem I'm in seventh grade or whatever it was, um, you know, on the basketball court or football. And so that's kind of what I want to do. And uh, I, I just look at those two things as, as sports and my type of music. I think they're so closely ingrained that, you know, even coming on here and talking about sports feels um, just as at home to me as, you know, being like if we were to just talk music. That's all, and that's exactly why I think you you were the perfect guest to invite on this show because that's what yes, it's all. Sir. That is what it's all about uh, for for you. I mean, you've said it. You're you're early in your career. You you're you're 22. You're you're just trying to figure out what's what's coming up for Adrian Stresso. Yes, for sir. for you, well, what what's what are the short term goals? What are you hoping is coming around the corner for you as a musician? Um. So right now, I mean, I so my my real goal is, I mean. On some personal stuff, I just told myself, hey, 2020 is the last year I'm, I'm going to be broke. You know what I'm saying? And so right now, I'm just grinding um, to get the bag. And that right now for me looks like mixing for a lot of really dope artists. I'm trying to take on some bigger projects and stuff. Um, for my own music personally, I'm kind of, I'm definitely working on some fire. But it's going to be a while until I come back out because I feel like, um, I really want to come back out next time and it's going to be like, like I was saying, the self-actualization. I want to come back out and, oh, I already got 20 songs ready to go. And they, they are with this wave of what I'm trying to, you know, bring. So we'll just see as far as my own music. I don't want to, uh, I don't want to speak too much and on stuff and then it not happens. So I'm just kind of telling people, Hey, wait, but just know it's going to be fire. And when I come back, it'll be the right way. Um, but until then, you can look for me mixing for a lot of dope artists. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm working with this girl named Nine, uh, N-Y-N-E, uh, mixing a lot of her music, and she's super talented. Uh, I'm working with this kid named Elijah Kyle. He kind of, he's like a rapper. He kind of he kinda reminds me of myself um, at like a younger age, and he's, he's got some dope stuff coming. I'm mixing for him. Um, and then just a lot of other talented artists. So yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm always up to something though, you know? Yeah, that's amazing to hear you're diversifying your talents a little bit. Yeah. Uh, and and that's that's all I got for you. I, I'm glad we got to talk a little bit of music, a little bit of Vikings. I mean, yes, it's, it's it's rare I'm able to find another Vikings fan out in the world. I, I know Dude, we both- I know. It's a family, it's a family. Like, you know what I'm saying? As soon as I saw you, uh, I don't know what you tweeted, but I just had this slide in the DMs like, oh wow, now it's another point of connection. You know what I'm saying? When, uh, when this season starts, we'll definitely have to keep in touch. And, um, you know, hopefully, hopefully, you know, they do good this year, you know? 
For sure. Hey, as, as we send it out, got to end it with a skull for me. The skull. There it is. Hey, thank you, Adrian Estresso. This has been What's the Score. Make sure to listen to all of his new music coming out this year. The 22 EP, my personal favorite track, I'll say here at the end, is Pressure. That came out this year. That's uh, one, one, one of my favorite hip-hop tracks of 2020. So check out Pressure, check out 22, and of course, Skull Vikes.